Good morning, good afternoon, uh, or good evening, depending when you are listening to this podcast. We uh, we greatly appreciate you uh, allowing me to get into your earbuds or on your car speakers or whenever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, this is uh, Terry Beringer from Church Emergency Consulting. Uh, I work with uh, schools, churches, and businesses to uh, help them organize their uh, security, as well as their uh, medical needs. We teach uh, not just security teams and parking teams and greeters and ushers. Uh, matter of fact, I think the last week's podcast was on greeters. Um, and uh, if you're from Pittsburgh, it's greeters. If you're from outside of Pittsburgh, it's greeters. Uh, we like to have our little Pittsburghese uh, come up every once in a while. But today's Topic we're going to be on is uh, starting basic. Uh, kind of probably should have started this a while ago. Uh, as you know, I've uh, been working a lot with churches and uh, starting security teams with churches. And that has been the topic uh, for the most part for this year's uh, podcast. Uh, so um, what we're going to do today is discuss um, starting a security team with your church. Starting out the very beginning um, if you have a, uh, a thought that you want a security team at your church and uh, you're thinking maybe this is someplace that you're being called to uh, serve, how to go about doing it and uh, what to do. Um, so <laughs> I titled this uh, podcast, So You're Thinking About Starting a Safety Team in Your Church. Uh, and all I could think of was uh, the Keith Green song, So You Want to Go Back to Egypt. Because sometimes it seems uh, is just as daunting of a task uh, as that. Uh, but in, um, in this case, we need to go through a couple things if you're thinking about starting a safety team. Uh, now, I do call it a safety team here and not a security team. Uh, the reason being is there are some states that if you have a church security team and you're labeled as a security team, you have to be licensed. Uh, I know Texas is one of them. Uh, Pittsburgh or Pennsylvania is not one of those. Um, so you can have a security team in your church uh, without having a uh, licensure. Now, the interesting aspect of that is uh, I know safety team is more of a generic term. And once again, some places you have to be called a safety team. I kind of don't like that for a couple reasons. Uh, a safety team seems more so concerned about um, whether the ladders are put up at the proper angle, whether or not the um, outlets are uh, GFCI in the outdoors. Um, safety is more concerned about whether the wiring is proper and uh, those kind of topics uh, versus a security team is more so concerned of the security aspect of the church. Uh, the other aspect of the safety team concept is if there is a safety team, who is on acting as security and who is acting as medical. I kind of like the idea of having a security team and a medical team separate simply because um, the way we look at this is um, the people who are working security might not be medically minded. Uh, they might not be coming from a situation where they're, uh, they're able to do those medical assessments and uh, they might not have any medical background. And that's totally understandable. Um, as well as the same, uh, the other side of that coin is 
If you're on the medical team at your church, that's great. Uh, you might not want to be the person who's uh, chasing down the person who just uh, took the offering and ran out the door. Or uh, you might not be so uh, situationally aware if you're on the medical team. Uh, I often say uh, sometimes if you have a security team, they don't want to deal with little Johnny throwing up in the nursery, whereas uh, the medical team doesn't want to... Uh, uh, worry about uh, who's coming in the back door. So uh, that is the first thing as far as a safety team versus a security team. Uh, the other aspect of this is, uh, is the leadership of your association uh, and organization on board? Um, if not, oh boy, uh, you got your hands full. Uh, there was a situation at one church I was working with that uh, the senior pastor did not like having security because they kept following him around uh, and tried to keep him safe. And at one point, um, he was trying to ditch the security team. And successfully so, uh, he snuck off the stage left and went around the corner. And uh, the person who was assigned to um, protect him and uh, be near him uh, was totally caught off guard and was just calling on the radio, um, where is uh, the senior pastor? Where is the senior pastor? So uh, at that point in time, uh, the following week, uh, as he stepped quickly off stage left, uh, there was another security person uh, stage left in the hallway, and um, he immediately bumped into him, and uh, the first thing the senior pastor said, oh, I guess you figured it out. Uh, yes, they did. Uh, so they did a great job, and uh, they were telling me about this as they were uh, being trained for some other security issues there. So um, there is, uh, how did he phrase it? The guy was a older uh, retired police officer in the country. Oh, I know what he said. Um, he, he was mentioning because they had radios, he said, um, back in my day, we mentioned you can outrun Mopar, but you can't outrun Mother Motorola. And I thought that was kind of accurate. Uh, he was able to outrun the security guard, but he was not able to outrun the radios. So there's another good reason <clears throat> why you need radios. Um, and uh, that can actually be a topic of another podcast. Uh, I've got a lot of good topics coming up, I guess. So... Um, when discussing with the senior pastor who might not be totally on board of having security, uh, especially having security watch him, uh, because you have to understand there are times, especially nowadays, where um, the pastor or the senior pastor, the speaking pastor, the uh, person bringing the message might be bringing a message that is um, not quite in line with uh, the cultural norms, uh, we'll put it that way. Uh, is your pastor speaking uh, somewhat controversial topics versus what is um, the norm, we'll say. Um, if your pastor is speaking uh, a pro-life message, if your speak pastor is speaking uh, a, um, uh, a message stating that um, God made man and woman, um, and there are only two sexes. Uh, those are things that nowadays are starting to find their way into the topic of conversation, and 
the norm is being um, brought into the church more and more. The norm meaning uh, the societal norm. Now, uh, God says we need to be in this world, uh, but not of this world. And uh, that is so true. We do have a, uh, a greater um, home that we will be going to. And, but during the time we're in this, on this earth, it is uh, pertinent that we stay by our standards, we stick to our guns, and we, uh, we speak the truth. And sometimes that truth is not well received. So in that situation, um, it is good to always have somebody watching the pastor. Now, whether that means uh, just watching them from across the room, or um, you don't want to be uh, standing right next to the person. Matter of fact, a great, uh, a, wise, a wise man once told me, uh, if security is watching the pastor, they need to be um, uh, near him, but not on him. And uh, I thought that was a good way of putting it. Uh, there was a term that was once used called being the shadow of the pastor. And uh, there was one gentleman that was just always a little too close to the pastor. And the pastor finally said, um, I understand I have a shadow, but please um, do not eclipse me. And uh, that was a good way of putting it. Uh, so security needs to stand back and allow the pastor to deal with his, uh, his flock uh, and to deal with his personnel and to deal with uh, the people he is uh, needing to speak with. And that, a lot of those conversations need to be private. So I understand that uh, in that situation. Um, but if the pastor does not want anybody watching him or, or protecting him, um, there's an oftentimes where a, a ch chance to explain to him you know, if you look at the CEOs of corporations, uh, they oftentimes have security or somebody watching them or somebody uh, keeping an eye on them. Uh, and this pastor of a church is quite similar to the CEO of an organization, if you want to put it in that broad of a concept. Um, if the CEO of an organization is um, suddenly taken out, um, what would happen to that organization um, if... Um, the CEO of uh, Walmart um, was suddenly removed, uh, whether it be temporarily or permanently, uh, would, that, uh, would that affect the company? And I think the answer to that is yes, uh, especially when it comes to an organization like a church. The pastor is the leader, not just the CEO, but he's also the spiritual leader. Uh, if the spiritual leader is removed suddenly uh, and specifically by a, uh, a violent act, uh, not only is the church left floundering uh, for leadership, uh, but also that means uh, that the church in that community is now known as the church that that incident occurred at. And uh, I'm not saying that would be the, the nail in the coffin of that church, uh, but it will obviously uh, struggle significantly. So uh, the senior pastor has to take under consideration that uh, leading his flock often means um, having uh, protection. Um, you know, when when the shepherds of, of in the biblical times um, were known to be out guarding their sheep, they often had a staff, that staff with them uh, to strike anything coming at them uh, to harm their sheep. Uh, and uh, you know, David is known as being a, a very uh, wise and fierce uh, shepherd where he uh, took care of the animals uh, very well. In that situation, the shepherd of the church also has to understand he needs to be protected. Uh, now, 
unless he carries a staff with him, which, I mean, hey, I'm not knocking if your church is that way. That way. Um, if, you're, if your pastor speaks with a staff, that's great. Uh, but if he doesn't, he probably does need somebody keeping an eye on him uh, from people um, approaching him uh, unexpectedly or inappropriately. Uh, so that's uh, what I would say if your church uh, is uh, in, in religious organization does not have any protection to their senior pastor and their speaking personnel, uh, you probably should have somebody keeping an eye on for them. Uh, and that is part of their security team. Or in, in, if you're in one of those states, the safety team. Uh, now, if the pastor comes out and says, um, or the leadership, uh, I shouldn't rip on pastors here, but if the um, leadership of the church comes out and says, uh, we don't need a security team because God protects us. Well, um, that is true. And they may have some great scriptures stating that um, God does protect us. And I do believe he does. Um, I've had situations in my life where I know that it was only the 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 will of God and the the Holy Spirit that protected me from the situation I was in, and uh, I greatly appreciate that. But let's look at some scriptural references that um, maybe you would think about if you were going to speak to your pastor or your leadership team uh, or your elder board uh, about maybe starting a security team. Uh, a couple of those verses uh, we're going to get into here. Uh, we'll, we'll speak in the NIV, from the NIV here. Uh, Luke 11:21. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own house, his possessions are safe. Now, I love that verse for a couple reasons. Uh, one, first of all, it's a New Testament uh, uh, verse, so it's not speaking of the uh, uh, church prior to uh, Christ's uh, arrival. But uh, a strong man, fully armed, guards his own house. And you know what? A lot of times... Uh, when someone says, um, if you take possession of something, you are, are much more uh, uh, apt to own up to it and uh, protect it. And I think we think of our churches that way. Um, when I go to my church, it is my church. Uh, those are my family uh, members, both blood and uh, spiritual. Uh, so when, uh, when I'm at my church, it is indeed my church. Uh, and there's not a lot of things uh, that you can say that about in life. But um, if you take ownership uh, of, of your church, that is important. Uh, the other aspect of my church uh, concept there is if, um, if the church, security, church decides to hire outside security, they have no, um, they have no skin in the game. Uh, they don't have a horse in the race. All those fun analogies and acronyms and phrases that mean the same thing. Basically, they don't care about anything. Uh, if you have security or your church, you need to develop that security from within. Uh, simply because the people who are there know who's coming and who's going. Who's supposed to be there? Who's not supposed to be there? Who's supposed to be playing with a soundboard? Who's not supposed to be playing with a soundboard? Uh, those kind of things are important to know. Um, and if you just hire an outside security person to stand there and look impressive, uh, they're not going to know that. Uh, another New Testament verse, uh, Acts 20, uh, we'll go verses 28 to 30, uh, once again in the NIV. Uh, Keep watch over, our, over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Uh, be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood, I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. 
Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. Um, that is a great warning uh, that we are going to have some people uh, challenge uh, the church. And uh, we need to keep the flock safe. And um, I think that is a great way to say um, the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Uh, I think that right there um, testifies to the fact that, that, that God has put people in those positions of overseers uh, as security. Uh, First Chronicles 9, 21-24 uh, speaks about gatekeepers uh, at the entrance of the tent. And um, those chosen to be gatekeepers um, numbered 212. They were registered by genealogy in their villages. So once again, that speaks testament to uh, they were part of the family. They were not outsiders guarding um, the people who they were um, overseeing. Uh, they continue to discuss the descendants were in charge of guarding the gates of the house of the Lord, the house called the tent of meeting. Um, those are aspects that the gatekeepers were um, mentioning. As a matter of fact, on verse 24 there, uh, the gatekeepers were on the four sides, the east, the west, the north, and the south. Uh, in other words, they were completely surrounding uh, and guarding the, the tent. Uh, Luke 22, 36 uh, in the NIV. He said to them, By now, if you have a purse, take it, and also a bag. And if you don't have a sword, sell your cloak and buy one. Um, there is some question whether or not there should be uh, firearms in churches. If you believe you should have an unarmed security team, that's fine. Uh, but you do need to have some type of uh, protection uh, if you're not dealing with firearms. There are multiple other reasons and ways. Uh, tasers are amazing uh, tools of the trade. Uh, a baton is a great thing to use. Um, there's multiple ways, even uh, pepper spray, uh, OC spray, uh, is another way to use. And any of those could be considered uh, having a sword. Uh, so even then, like I said, he, um, he says, if you don't have a sword, sell your cloak and buy one. Uh, Romans uh, 13 discusses uh, rebels against the authority uh, I'm not going to go through all of that, uh, Romans 13, 1 to 4. Um, uh, do you want to be free from fear uh, of one another and authority? Then do what is right and you will be commended. Uh, those are another great way of looking at it. Uh, let's go back into Proverbs. Proverbs is always a great verse uh, to give some wisdom. Uh, in 22, verses 3 of Proverbs, The prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and pay the penalty. Um, I think that's another great way of looking at it, saying um, you, you kind of have to be smart and uh, look around and keep an eye on things. Nehemiah, I love Nehemiah for when they, they're going back to build um, the city. The walls have been taken down, and they begin to be, rebuild the walls in Nehemiah chapter 4. Um, verses 9 is uh, on my website. Um, I keep that even on my bio page, uh, Nehemiah 4.9, but we prayed to our God and posted a guard day and night to meet this threat. Uh, that is absolutely uh, one of my theme verses, uh, one of my mottos, if you want to say. Um, but the entire concept of um, Nehemiah, uh, if you continue in verses 10 the whole way through 23, which we're obviously not going to read all of that, <laughs> because we would have nothing but reading that. 
a couple of great things mentioning that in that group of verses, uh, verses 13. Uh, and therefore I stationed some of the people um, uh, with their swords, spears, and bows in 13. Uh, in uh, verse 16, from that day on, half of my men did the work while the other half were equipped with spears and shields, bows and armor. Um, continuing in verse 17, those who carried materials did their work with one hand and held a weapon in the other. Uh, verse 18, and each of the builders wore his sword at his side as he worked. Um, going down to verse 23, neither I nor my brothers nor my men nor the guards with me took off our clothes. Each had his weapon even when he went for water. Uh, those are ideals and concepts that uh, we should always be on our guard and always be looking out for what um, what we have coming. Um, so with that, uh, how do we start a team? Uh, how do we go from the scripture? Obviously tells us we should be protecting the flock uh, as well as the shepherd. Uh, so now what do we do? Well, if you're uh, fighting some resistance, I would suggest starting small. Uh, start simple. Uh, start something like uh, asking, can we have a fire drill in the children's ministry? Well, you know what? No one's going to argue with trying to protect the children. Uh, years ago, there was a uh, political figure that uh, she always tried passing things off by saying, we've got to protect the children. And uh, she was able to get a lot of things done by uh, that phrase, protecting the children. Uh, you might recall... Um, Somebody saying it takes a village to protect our, to, to raise our children. Well, I think our parents need to protect, raise our children. But as far as the children go in uh, children's ministry, yes, sometimes it does take a village. Uh, it takes a lot of people. And the people who are in children's ministry are so, so overworked and uh, understaffed. Uh, and that's just a fact. That's not a, a question. Um, but uh, for the fact that you're going into the children's ministry and you're saying, can I help you uh, by doing some training, I think they're going to uh, respond by saying yes. Uh, children respond very well. Um, and the interesting thing is if you're having a fire drill, the children, especially if they're public school educated, uh, know whenever the fire alarm goes off, they line up by the door, they shut up, and they move uh, where they're supposed to move. Uh, they've been trained and they've been drilled that way. Um, a lot of times the problem is <laughs> not the children, but the adults. So uh, while you're saying you're doing this to protect the children, you're actually training the adults and the caretakers and the leaders and the teachers and the teacher's assistants to uh, get the kids organized and out the door during a fire drill. Um, so like I said, start small. Start with saying, hey, can we do a fire drill with the children's ministry? Um, and like I said, the children's ministry is going to love it because they're always looking for something uh, to keep the kids busy with. Uh, then maybe move on to, I don't know, a CPR class. Start with a, a CPR class. Offer a CPR class for anybody who wants to uh, uh, be on the security team and anybody who's in leadership, anybody on the, the maintenance staff, the, um, the office personnel uh, that are there throughout the days and throughout the week and uh, there on Sunday. Um, once again, you can specify this. We're, we're working on this to protect the children. Um, CPR includes first aid, 
uh, and um, choking. Um, we all know <clears throat> kids choke. Uh, I, I do teach CPR, and uh, once again, we'll mention that towards the end because I want to promote that as well. But uh, as far as uh, a good CPR class, that also involves children's uh, CPR as well as infant CPR and choking for both adult children and uh, infants. The interesting aspect of that is uh, I've never in my 30 years teaching had a class where somebody did not uh, raise their hand when I said, has anybody ever had a child choke in their presence? There's always, always, always somebody who says, yes, my son, my cousin, my nephew, my grandson uh, did choke uh, at one time and I did have to perform the Heimlich maneuver or uh, abdominal thrust or back blows uh, to free the airway. So that does happen frequently uh, and the amazing stand, uh, uh, statistic about that is that um, doing uh, back blows for a choking infant is 80% effective. Uh, I personally have done it uh, and it does work. Uh, so uh, I do encourage everyone to be CPR certified. Uh, once again, I do teach CPR, so I'm uh, promoting that as well. Uh, if you've moved on from the CPR for the children, also uh, promote the fact that there are some congregations out there that are uh, a little bit older congregations, um, some elderly in the room. Uh, they might also want to be... Uh, uh, informed that you have a CPR uh, certified person in the room. Um, if you're getting beyond the health aspect of that and the security and or the uh, medical aspect of the safety team, uh, maybe look into asking, um, are the doors manned? Do you have greeters? Uh, is there someone there if someone was to uh, be approaching the church uh, that looked suspicious? Do you have someone to lock the doors? Uh, if you listened to uh, a prior podcast on greeters, um, I do encourage church doors to be locked at all times and have a person standing there to open and close the door uh, for them. Uh, but bring up maybe, are the doors unmanned? Are they unlocked? Especially during services. Can anybody just walk right in uh, during a service? Uh, that is something you really uh, need to discuss. And you need to discuss... Um, politely, you know, and, and understand that uh, you cannot be disrespectful and say, um, we can't leave these doors open because uh, someone's going to barge in and take over our church. Okay, well, that's not the way to approach it. Uh, you need to approach it by way of uh, saying that these are my family and friends, and these are my brothers and sisters. Uh, I want to help protect them uh, any way I can. Uh, bring up protecting uh, the appearance um, of, uh, of being, uh, there's an appearance of impropriety uh, if you do not protect your personnel and if you don't protect the offering. Uh, if the offering is collected and then taken into a back room with just one person, that does not mean that person is doing something bad, but there is an appearance of impropriety. Uh, you want to be a good steward of what God, gifts God has given uh, and what, uh, what gifts this, the, the flock has given to the church. You want to make sure there's always at least three people uh, unrelated who are taking the offering. Uh, if possible, you want to have one um, observer, and this is another place where the security team uh, needs to be in place. There needs to be an observer while the people are counting the money. Um, there has to be 
you have to be a good steward of the gifts that people are giving uh, or they will not give their gifts. <laughs> That's the other thing uh, as far as financial gifts. Uh, move maybe to a legal liability. Uh, there's often concern that people will say, is um, if we have a security team that's making us liable uh, for lawsuits and liable for whatever issues they could think of. Well, there's also uh, more so a liability uh, of not having a security team. Uh, if your um, something occurs in your church that the security team could have stopped or slowed or uh, mitigated, uh, and you do not have anybody there, you're opening yourself up to a lawsuit. Uh, because people are coming to your organization, to, onto your property, with the expectation of being safe. Uh, now, is that a real, realistic expectation? That is a topic of more conversation later. But uh, the interesting aspect is there are, um, there are people who are coming and they're sheep. They're just sheep. And sheep are not bad. I'm not saying sheep are bad, but sheep uh, will not harm one another. Uh, the only way another sheep will harm another sheep is uh, by total accident and uh, by incidents that uh, they they didn't understand. Um, so that's the only time a sheep will hurt another sheep. Uh, but then there are those wolves out there that the wolves are uh, their goal is to um, hurt the sheep, whether that be physically, financially, emotionally. Uh, the 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 wolves are out there uh, and um, they don't. Uh, they don't even question hurting the sheep at any given time. Uh, they will take every opportunity to do so. Then you have the sheepdogs. The sheepdogs are the church security teams uh, or the personnel that understand that uh, the sheep are just wandering around um, kind of clueless to security issues. Uh, and and uh, they're not worried about anything. Um, the sheepdogs uh, are protecting the sheep at uh, all given cost. And uh, there is the scripture, uh, no better uh, opportunity than to lay down your life for a friend. Uh, that is another one where um, the sheepdog will do that. Now, oftentimes the sheep don't like the sheepdogs because they look a little bit like wolves. Uh, they have fangs like the wolves. They... Um, are uh, all patrolling the perimeters like the wolves. Um, they have uh, a lot of the same concepts of the sheep uh, that the sheep do not like when they see the wolf. Um, so uh, oftentimes the sheepdogs will get uh, a little bit of grief, uh, a little bit of pushback from the sheep. But when the wolf does come, oh, believe me, the sheep will hide behind the sheepdog and uh, allow the sheepdog to protect them. But um, up until that point, oftentimes there are um, uh, there are oftentimes some coarse uh, interactions uh, and um, resistance from the sheep to the sheepdogs. Um, it is as far as going to the uh, legal liability. Um, uh, a great uh, granddadism, uh, and if you've listened to this podcast by now. You understand that I love my granddaddyisms because my granddad was a wise, wise man. But my granddad once said that it is easier to explain why you did something than it is to explain afterwards why you did not. And that is so true. Um, the last thing you want to do 
uh, or situation you want to be in is uh, in a situation afterwards saying, gee, we should have, could have, and would have. Um, once again, I will mention uh, the big thing here is to discuss everything with your leadership uh, as far as your planning on uh, a security team. Uh, speak with the leadership. Keep the leadership abreast of what's going on. Keep the leadership, uh, get the leadership on board. Uh, you want them to be your uh, friend, not your foe. Uh, the other aspect of that is you want to make sure that the insurance company that you're dealing with is also on board. Um, I've told many times uh, insurance companies run the world, uh, and that is so true when it comes to security at churches. Uh, so that is my concept on how to uh, start a security team at your church. Um, I am Terry Beringer. I My company is called Church Emergency Consulting. Uh, you can contact me at uh, terry at churchemergency.com. You can go to my website, which is uh, immaculately kept by a wonderful woman. Uh, it is churchemergency.com. Uh, I will be happy to talk to you. Uh, you can contact me via the web or, once again, via email at terry at churchemergency.com. Uh, we do provide teaching of uh, security teams, greeters, ushers. Uh, we also teach fire safety. We also teach um, CPR, first aid. Uh, it is utmost important that, uh, that you have many of these things. Um, I don't think anybody's going to argue about having CPR training. And if you can start with that, uh, we can build from there. Uh, contact me at terry at churchemergency.com. And uh, have a wonderful day, everybody. Um, we will speak to you next month. And uh, thank you very much and have a great day.